I've been at Pure Life Ministries for over 14 years, so I've heard a lot of testimonies. In one way, the testimonies are so similar that they're almost predictable, and yet I never really get tired of hearing them. There's something about God's intimate, individual involvement with each person. It often brings tears to my eyes. I've said it this way before, God is not in the business of mass manufacturing Christians. What works with one person won't necessarily work with another. So he works with us individually, one by one. And so even though many of the elements are very similar from story to story, there's always the very personal touch of a heavenly father who deeply cares about every aspect of our lives and who is in control. In today's episode, I'll be talking with Danielle. And without giving away too much right up front, I'll just say this. Danielle had a relationship with Jesus from a young age, but for a long time, there wasn't much depth to her walk with God. She wanted to follow Jesus, but there were things that were really hindering her. And then her husband's sexual sin really brought things to a head, and God used that trial to draw her to himself. This is Danielle's story. My parents loved Jesus and they lived out their faith in and out of the church and our home. And so I was saved when I was about five years old and I work with five-year-olds now. And so it does kind of blow my mind that the Holy Spirit can really prompt that need and that desire to, to know him. But that is truly when I feel that that kind of started the road to sanctification. And because I just remember truly loving Jesus and and wanting to do what was right. Danielle grew up in the Midwest. She was the third child of four. She grew up in a loving home with godly parents and things were pretty good. Had a great relationship other than maybe between the ages of like 11 and 15 or 16 when I remember the words don't be sassy came out of his mouth a lot towards me because I tended to be sarcastic or disrespectful or, you know, just trying out stuff. But that was really me fighting for control of things in my life and wanting what I wanted. As much as I loved Jesus and and tried to follow him, there were a lot of things that I did not understand about my own sinful nature. The whole idea of just having fun with guys and by having fun, I mean like joking around and, you know, just being part of the gang and, you know, enjoying that attention and affection and stuff like that. That was something that I didn't see, I guess, as sinful or leading towards my flesh. All of that might seem like fairly innocent teenage behavior, and really it was. To anyone looking on, Danielle was a good Christian girl. No drinking, no drugs, no partying. But maybe that's one of the things that paved the way for the dark times that were coming. Maybe the fact that she didn't have huge, heinous sins in her life made it hard for her to see how her desires could lead to very bad places. In college, she started dating a guy named John and he was definitely giving her what she wanted, but that led them down a very slippery slope. 
back to like the love and affection type thing. I think I just, I really loved John's attention and I, I really did like him a lot. I, I really did. My love grew for him. And since I did enjoy him and I thought maybe this is the guy, that's kind of where I let my guard down. So here we go. John and Danielle are dating. They really enjoy each other. Danielle loves the attention and affection, and John, he likes it too, but he wants something more. He wants sexual pleasure. And so he starts testing the boundaries. How far is Danielle willing to go? Now, sexual desire is totally natural and very strong in a young man, but there was something else in John's life that was fueling his lust for Danielle. He struggled with pornography since he was 12, when he was first exposed, and by a Christian friend. And so he had just lived so many years without telling anybody about it and knowing it was wrong and living in that shame. So then I think probably it was relieving to tell somebody. So I was the one that knew. It actually turns out Danielle was the first person he had ever told. I was the first person. And again, I was just this 18-year-old kid who, I mean, I knew what pornography was, but I didn't, I did not understand how it could affect a person's mind, how much it could destroy an individual, let alone a marriage. And so, yeah, I, I was completely unprepared for that. I wonder how many hundreds of thousands of times this same scenario has played out in dating relationships with professing Christians. How many guys are in secret sexual sin and they bring that lust right into the relationship. It drives them. And then on the girl's side, I don't think most of the time they're looking to be sexually active with their boyfriends, but the desire to have affection leads them to make compromise after compromise. There was definitely a tug of war that took place inside of me. I knew the right thing to do. I knew the right thing to do. Uh, Sometimes I would stand strong for both of us and just say, nope, we're not even, you know, going this direction. And other times I was completely weak or didn't care about crossing those lines, but the spirit was always heavy on me when I chose my flesh. I want to break in here before we go any further. One of the lessons that we need to learn from a story like Danielle's is that even if we seem like pretty good people, we have desires in us that make us very vulnerable to temptation and sin. In this case, Danielle craved attention and affection from guys. Of course, this seems totally natural, even pretty innocent. But what we often don't have eyes to see is that these seemingly innocent things can easily be exploited by the enemy. And that's exactly what happened. Danielle's desire for attention and affection kept her locked in a relationship that was a major stumbling block for both of them. And Danielle's relationship with the Lord was suffering. 
I wanted to be with him and we were talking about marriage and we were kind of headed in that direction. And then I end up pregnant. Actually, we ended up getting engaged first and then I ended up pregnant. So literally at a Christian university, quote unquote, the good Christian girl, the good Christian boy who now are expecting a baby, that was so hard to to really recognize, like, I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> you know, I'm saying I'm doing all of these right things and I don't want to grieve my parents and and grieve the Lord, but yet I just did. So now Danielle was pregnant. This was a big reality check for her. One of the things that was so hard was facing the fact that she had become the kind of person she never wanted to be. In another part of this interview that we didn't include here, Danielle told me that two of her siblings had been very rebellious during their growing up years, and her parents had suffered a lot because of their rebellion. Danielle told herself, I never want to hurt my parents like that. What had she done? Well, being pregnant made one thing clear. She would marry John. But what she didn't realize was that they were totally unprepared to be married. It definitely was not happily ever after. It was so hard. It was so hard. We had each other. We were best friends. Uh, We loved each other. But I, I mean, I was a hormonal mess. I was 19 years old. I was three months pregnant when we got married. We were both still in college, so we had the stress of that. But we were completely unprepared to be married, and we were completely, really, truly unprepared to be parents. I still, at that time, really, truly did not understand that he was addicted to pornography. Um, I just thought maybe he could give it his best effort and stop. I didn't understand what I was walking into and what the depth of his sin was. Now that they were married and living in such close proximity, the reality of John's sin became a lot more clear. And for Danielle, it was... Terrible, shocking, um, hurtful. Especially as a young pregnant, basically teenager still, there was a lot that I didn't understand about it. And I don't know that he was necessarily telling me every time either. I do remember one point, and I think it did revolve around him confessing sin. I just remember thinking, I want my dad to come and get me. I want my dad to come and get me. I don't want to be here. There have been times, yeah, through our marriage that I definitely have thought, I don't know that I can do this anymore, God. I don't know if I can. We're going to have to skip pretty far forward in Danielle's story here in a minute, but As I was listening to her, I tried to picture the reality of what she was going through. You know, she never would have written her story this way. Who would have? Who would have said, I want to meet a Christian guy who's addicted to pornography. Then I want to compromise my beliefs and give up my purity. Then I want to go totally unprepared into marriage find out that my new husband has much worse of a problem than I thought, then we'll go through long cycles of him sinning and confessing, sinning and confessing, 
until I'm just emotionally exhausted. No one wants that as their story. But why did things go that way? We're going to look at that a little later, but first, we need to hear what kept Danielle from just giving up. It, it really was like a roller coaster that you just can't get off. And I just look back and I see so many times, um, especially in the couple of years leading up to John going to the residential, that God was just intervening in so many ways to getting our attention and also showing me that, that he was there and working. But I, I didn't understand it. I didn't understand like why we had to walk through it this way. Why it had to be this way. Why couldn't God just fix him? Why couldn't God just take away his sin issues? I remember asking God why a lot. But I think really what kept me going was that God kept showing me himself. He, he was working and he kept showing me he was, even when I didn't understand. There was one instance, John and I were just not getting along. I was angry at him. He was not doing well spiritually, I could tell. And I'm not, generally speaking, an angry person. Like, I don't generally fire off in my anger. But there were a lot of times that I remember firing off at him. And... He ended up having this accident at a trampoline park where both his patellar tendons ripped, basically. He was off his feet for six weeks. He was in a wheelchair. He had to work from home and all this stuff. It's a crazy story. But up to that point, I remember telling God, I don't want to be with him anymore. He's making me, he's made me angry and I don't get it. And we aren't getting along and nothing's changing. And I remember asking God to help me love him and show him compassion. And then this accident happens. And within that six week, seven week, eight week time frame of him being off his legs, it was like I felt such compassion for him. I felt such mercy. I loved taking care of him and um, filling the needs that he had because he couldn't. He couldn't do a lot of things. And, and I just remember seeing God completely and utterly changed my view on who my husband was. Now, he did a lot of work on John during that time, too. But I truly believe that God did that because then months later, within four months, I found out that he had been hiding sin for several years. And, and it all kind of started to make sense, like why we were at each other and why we couldn't get along. And it was God's mercy that his patellar tendons ruptured. And I truly think that had that not happened, I don't know how else I would have mustered up love and compassion for him and not have left him if I found out that he had been on, you know, looking at stuff for three years and not telling me. So it's just so obvious that God's like, I'm here. I'm working. Trust me. After 14 years of marriage, John was finally ready to really face his sin. And Danielle 
was finally ready to really trust God with her husband. So John enrolled in the residential program at Pure Life Ministries. The Lord quickly began to work in John's life, and Danielle could see it. When she saw what God was doing in John, it powerfully affected her. After John had been in the residential program for about maybe two weeks, I remember having a phone call with him and he was just telling me all the things that God was showing him and just there was so much depth there. And I honestly remember becoming kind of afraid, worried that my husband was going to come back changed, radically changed, and that I would be the same person. He was experiencing the depths of the Lord, and I wanted that. Soon it was time for Danielle to get paired with a counselor from the Pure Life Ministries Wives Program, and the opportunity to be discipled by a godly woman who had been in her shoes was really helpful to her. I do think that one of the best parts early on was just having another woman who truly understood what I was feeling and thinking. Um, She could relate to the things I was going through, but she didn't let me stay in my head. Um, She didn't sugarcoat things, but she was speaking truth to me. One of the questions I asked Danielle was, what was the hardest part of the program for you? Ooh, uh, the hardest part of my program was being faced with the reality of my own sin. Uh, Things I never really recognized in myself before, I guess. The Lord showed me that I had made my husband a giant idol, truly. I wanted to be loved and cherished by him so badly that I was holding him up higher than my Savior. And I did not recognize it up to that point. I really didn't. And... My counselor very gently showed me I was prideful. And my pride was coming out in a lot of different ways. Um, Self-righteous pride, which came out when my husband and I were both taken out of different ministry positions that we had in our church that we served in together. And I found it so unfair that I had to suffer because of his sin. Um, Within counseling and talking through all that, I was able to see that I was definitely about myself and my agenda. I was worried about how I was perceived by other people and I wanted control of all the things. I really did. I'm gonna break in here again and just reflect a little bit on what Danielle just shared. Her answer to that question wasn't really surprising to me and I could totally relate to it. You know, in my own life, I didn't go as far into sin as a lot of other guys who come into our program, and so I just had this belief about myself that I was a good person. I grew up in church, I served on worship teams, I went on mission trips, I was interested in theology. But when I came to Pure Life and really started seeking the Lord, He came close, and his presence exposed things in my heart and my life that I had no idea were there. Up to that point, I thought that I was a really great guy. 
But then these hidden sins in my heart became so glaringly obvious. The self-righteousness, the hypocrisy, the pride, the lack of love. I couldn't get away from it no matter where I went. This made me realize I have been so deeply deluded about my relationship with God. I thought I was an amazing Christian, and now I'm finding out I don't know him at all. Now, I'm only bringing that up to say that I can relate to some of what Danielle was going through. I can relate to the fact that she had sins that were operating in her life, and she didn't even know that they were there. She talked about self-righteousness, fear of man, being controlling, making her husband an idol, and some other things. And those sins were very real in her life. Now, they didn't have gigantic outward consequences, and so I think that's what made it hard for her to really see them. But she wanted a deep relationship with God, and so they had to be exposed, because sin is a barrier between us and God. Do you remember Danielle saying that she saw that John was experiencing the depth of the Lord and that she wanted that same thing? That meant there were things that she had to face, things that had been in her heart for a very long time. All said and done, John and Danielle were apart for nine months. This was really hard for Danielle, but it's exactly what she needed and it's exactly what he needed. John needed time to focus his eyes on the Lord apart from me. And I needed to have time to focus my eyes on the Lord and hear from him apart from John. Um, We both needed to have the Spirit open our blind eyes. And because John was an idol in my life, how could I see the Lord clearly if my idol was ever before me? So it really was God's mercy to tear us apart for a time so that he could get our attention separately. As we learned to focus our individual eyes on Jesus in new ways, it was then that I feel the Lord could really continue his good work in our marriage, um, bringing together two broken vessels who were ready to focus in on Jesus together. And so it's not always the best to go to counseling together because he had roots of sin and I had roots of sin and they both needed to be plucked up individually first. My eyes then were focused on my sin and and focused on what Jesus did for me apart from John. You know, facing yourself is hard. It's always hard. But Danielle did it. She allowed the Lord to expose her sins, and she began to deal with them. In other words, she began to walk in repentance. I had to tell him. I had to tell him that I had made him an idol. And it was kind of it was kind of interesting because you don't want to love your idol, right? But I'm still called to love my husband. <laughs> so it was a little tricky because I had to really come to understand like what does that mean that means that my eyes and my affections and my time and things like that should be given to Jesus first and foremost and I'm still called to love my husband and I still you know want to 
provide a loving home and a relationship with him and to, you know, love him first before our kids and, you know, the things that that we're called to do as wives. But to walk it out, I really had to just stop and recognize when I was starting to put him up higher again. Walking in repentance can be difficult at times, but it's worth it. You can hear it in Danielle's voice. She has no regret that they did the hard thing because of what it produced in their lives. I see my need for Jesus. I see him in situations where he brings people to us that have struggled in in either sexual sin or their husband's struggling or or whatever it may be and being able to speak of hope and speak of the fact that God can do big things. And I think when he was in the program and I was in the program and, you know, there was still that struggle for, for hoping because you're not so sure at that time, like, are we going to make it? And is the Lord really going to do something? And um, I think through that time, he just truly built a trust the Lord built a trust for him in me. The Lord has just shown himself so trustworthy and faithful and kind and good. And he has refined us in ways that I absolutely would never have chosen. And I, I would probably choose now again, I guess. I would I would walk back through that time frame if that meant I would have that deep time with the Lord. But once he takes you deep, it's hard not to want more and more of that. And there you have it. Two more lives testifying to the fact that God has a purpose for each one of us that far exceeds our human understanding. At one time, John and Danielle were pretty typical professing Christian kids, wandering aimlessly through life, pushed and pulled by their carnal desires, needing a profound experience with God and not even knowing it. And God saw their need and used the most unlikely thing, John's sin, to draw them close to him. We praise God for what he did in both John and Danielle's life, and we're so thankful that God is no respecter of persons. Anyone can have the same testimony as John and Danielle. All that's needed is a willing heart. Okay, I gotta say this really quick before the exit vocals guy cuts me off. If you're planning on registering for our upcoming annual conference, today would be an excellent time to do it because our super early bird registration price of $99 per attendee is going to end on January 29th. Okay, gotta go. See you next week. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.